Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Welcome back, guys. It is uh, my pleasure to be here today, and I am very sorry for being off this past Thursday. But uh, ultimately, uh, right after I recorded that last episode in Mexico, I got sick, and I have been sick. And now today is day seven of that just awful, wretched illness, and I am finally feeling somewhat back to normal here. So we... uh, you know, we missed uh, half of our trip. We were in the hotel room. We didn't get to do our whale shark tour that we were really uh, looking forward to and counting on. That was kind of one of the reasons we were going down. Do some stuff like that. Uh, get out and experience some more. But uh, ultimately, that did not happen. Our flight coming home actually was canceled. And so traveling sick and canceled flights and everything else. And then coming home to a full schedule of work. It, uh, it just got to me. I had no energy left at the end of the day to do much of anything, let alone record and put together a decent episode for you guys. So ultimately, I am here now, and um, I guess that's what matters. So um, yeah, we had, oh my gosh, we had so much going on this past week. I, I felt like I went out of town and, and everything fell apart, you know. Uh, two Fridays ago was a pretty decent sell-off. Monday and Tuesday was a bit of a sell-off. We had Wednesday, Thursday started rallying back. And then Friday morning, pre-market, we were pretty flat. You know, I saw some different things coming out. Uh, you know, we went positive there for a second pre-market with uh, some announcement. And then, uh, you know, we were really waiting on Powell to speak at that meeting on uh, Friday morning around 10 o'clock. And he kind of confirmed what we already knew. If you were, If you've been here for a while, we already knew this. He's already said it. He's kind of confirmed it. They've been pretty transparent. They're going to keep doing the job that they got to do to bring inflation down, right? We already knew that. Uh, we already knew that rates were still going to be going up. I told you, you know, the September one was probably going to be 50 to 75 basis points. It's still looking like that. And so everything that they said Friday to me was already a known factor. It wasn't really a reason to have this massive sell off. Uh, we knew that the market was in that overbought territory. I pointed that out on those uh, S&P charts, I think, last week. But uh, ultimately, the market just kind of gave up. And we had this awful na- day on the NASDAQ, down about 4%. The Dow was down 3 point something percent. And it just seemed like everyone kind of gave up on what the plan was. Uh, so I will continue to tell you, if you've got a plan, stick to the plan. If you don't have a plan... Find one, make one, write one, uh, design your future. Do not let these swings in the market ultimately dictate what you are going to do with your money. Have a plan before everything hits the fan. That's just what we need to do in order to have some financial uh, you know, fortitude around what we're looking to do to know that what we're going to have uh, have happen is going to go according to what we want it to do, not not what one speech says or not what the market into you know reads out of one speech have a plan and stick to it so i don't really see any major news that came out of this but uh, apparently the market did and we were probably due for a little bit of a sell off 
in my opinion, major overreaction. But uh, I do think that gives some opportunities for the people that uh, maybe missed the last drop. You know, you weren't buying in April and May. You you kind of missed that June dip. And then ultimately, you know, the market took off, uh, you know, July into August. So if you did miss that dip, we might get another one. We might retest these lows that uh, we set back in, what, May? And uh, if it does, what are you going to do? That's what I'm going to ask you. What are you going to do on those those days where things are looking awful. Uh, I've said it before, you know, if you're looking to build a position now, there's certainly going to be some stocks that you might want to look in the short term that should do well. And that's kind of what the investing challenge today is going to be about. Uh, we're going to have some REITs. We're going to have health, energy, financial utilities. Those categories should do well in the next couple quarters as uh, rates continually are going to rise. Hopefully next uh, spring into summer, we're going to get kind of a pause or, um, you know, we're going to start stopping these rate hikes and we're really going to see what the market's going to do then. But for the next couple quarters, these safety stocks are going to be where um, money is going to be going into in order to survive the, the next wave of sell off, the next wave of correction, whatever's going to be thrown at it. These should handle that a little bit better. Some are going to outperform. Uh, on that positive side also. We're not just looking to limit losses, we're looking to make money. So these different types of stocks should be able to help you in those areas. So stick around, that's gonna be the second part of the show. But uh, yeah, so that'll be part two. Now, right now going forward, I'm, I'm looking at uh, some of the student debt crisis and uh, the student debt relief. And I know there's a lot of different uh, ideas out there. Some people are you know, for it, you know, you want to help out the small guy that, uh, you know, still has all this debt. They've got uh, all these bills. They're trying to pay them off, but ultimately can't get ahead of them. You know, you got rising food costs. You got rising housing, uh, oil, you know, gas to get to your job that you're trying to make the, the minimum payments to, to keep all these things afloat. I get that. But then you get the other side of people that uh, either didn't take out loans or have already paid off their loans, and now they're going to get stuck paying, uh, you know, this ten thousand dollars. Well, maybe not ten thousand directly, but paying off this uh, student debt relief for other people. And I'm I'm somewhere in between. I don't really think that we should have done the, uh, you know, just hand ten thousand dollars of debt relief to people, you know, under that uh, wage cap. But uh, at the same time, I understand where they're coming from. Now, I was having a conversation with some some different people about this. I was reading some different things online uh, from different situations. I mean, I was fortunate enough to be able to pay off my student loans. Uh, really, even before I got married, we didn't really want to go into uh, having or buying a house, having more debt, and also having these student loans. Uh, and then me living at home before that, I was able to uh, save some more money, pay off these debts, and ultimately kind of start my adult life debt-free. Um, so then I bought a house and that all changed. But um, so I get the I get the situations, but at the same time, if, uh, if people are living lavishly but still have student loans, you bought a new uh, Mercedes, you bought a new house, you have the expensive uh, watch or purse or whatever, I really don't have that much sympathy for you. You, you probably could have done something better there. So I, there, there's so many different angles here, but what am I getting at? Um, you know, I saw one thing, this woman was saying that, uh, she had about $130,000 of student debt and 
she pointed out to the fact that she's been making these payments for seven, eight years on time. And, you know, now she has about $145,000 of student debt. She's been paying the bills, but the interest is just so much, so, so high and unregulated that, uh, this, she just can't get it away from this payment. It just keeps creeping up because she can't afford both sides of, of life and all these previous uh, debts that she has, you know, obligated herself to. <clears throat> so she's going to get this $10,000, right? And it's going to take her student debt down to about 135000 So she's still got this outrageous interest per, rate of about 9%. So you still got uh, that juice running that you're really not going to get away from. And the government looks like they're helping you, but ultimately they really didn't do much, but put a, uh, a Band-Aid on a bullet hole. You know, that's that's pretty much what's going on here. So my thought is, if the government would have uh, really looked at the student loan industry, figured out what the problem is, understand that this unregulated interest rate and these banks making massive amounts of money off of these... Uh, uh, kind of predatory loans, you know, you get accepted into a college at 18 and it's your dream school. It's everything you wanted. It's got your degree. It's got the field. It's in the right spot. And you sign up because, hey, that's exactly where I want to be in life. That's exactly what I want to do. And you're 18 and, and you don't have this financial plan of how am I going to pay this off? Uh, so I'll say it's a little bit predatory. And maybe I think, you know, we should have been teaching financial literacy in high school and middle school, you know, as early as we possibly can in order to get out of the situation. But that didn't happen. So you just kind of kick the can down to the college level. Then you got these massive, you know, student loans you got to repay. But if we just simply capped student loans, federally regulated them at, uh, I don't know, two and a half, three percent in order to. Uh, you know, make these a little bit more manageable, have that financial literacy backing behind you to uh, really teach kids the uh, benefit of being financial literate and understanding wh where your money's going, what it's going to cost you, what your monthly payment's going to be, and ultimately how long it's going to take to get out of this. Uh, with your proposed uh, income from the career that you're looking to get into, you can plug in all those numbers and they could see, hey, it's going to take me 15 years to pay this off, whatever. I think that would have been a much better way to go. I, I think we could have also have done, you know, instead of $10,000 to, you know, these student loans, we could have done grants to different uh, industries where we really need workers right now, whether it be in healthcare, uh, nursing, if it's in uh, computer chips that we really need to, to, you know, bolster our own uh, chip making technology here in the States or whatever that money could have gone to. There just would have been so many better ways to spend this money that, uh, I just feel like we missed the boat on this one. I just feel like it's really looking for votes rather than looking for a solution. And that's, that's kind of the, the bummer of the situation. I don't mind paying my fair share of taxes. Uh, I just got my tax bill for the next two quarters and I don't really want to think about it, but, um, I want this money to go into spaces where I feel like it's going to do the best good for the country, not the best good for voting. That's where I'm at. So I feel like we just missed the boat on that. But, um, you know, that being said, I, I guess we'll, we'll see where it goes from here. And it's not my general direction that I would have, would have chosen to go down, but, uh, that's where we're at right now. Um, 
But yeah, going forward, the uh, the Fed funds rate, we're at that 250 basis points right now. Uh, I was looking at the Fed funds rate tool, and it is showing about a 39% prediction of uh, going from 250 to 275 and 300 for the next meeting. So that's going to be that 50 basis point hike. And then we are at 61% saying we're going to be between 300 and 325. So a 75, 75 basis point hike. So kind of where we thought we were going to be. Uh, so again, I don't really see the overreaction from uh, Wall Street going forward. Uh, I know that a lot of people want to take money off the table. But all that said and done, I think you got to stick to your plan. If uh, you, know, you want to be long in the market, Buy the names that uh, you really have that high conviction in now. Uh, dollar cost average into them over the next year. And uh, I think we're going to look back in about five years, maybe 10 years, and be really glad that we were buying these dips. I think that is ultimately the best thing that we can be doing right now is buying when everyone else is kind of running for cover, especially these high conviction names that we really feel are going to be you know, just rock stars going forward. So... That's kind of what I got right there. I'm, I'm thinking that, uh, you know, we've got an opportunity. I want to keep, you know, dollar cost averaging in. I'm going to continue doing that, even with these tax bills that I got to, uh, you know, ultimately pay But before the end of the year, my quarterly assessments. And uh, that's, uh, that's kind of what I got right now. So uh, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the investing challenge for uh, week 35, what we're going to be buying, and then week 36, um, you know, what you guys can vote on over there on Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. We'll take a look at that and uh, some more right when we come back. So stick around. All right, we are back here uh, for this second part of the show that I promised you. And, uh, you know, these episodes do take a lot longer than you might uh, really understand unless you've been doing any kind of recording and planning and stuff like that. But uh, I definitely would appreciate any uh, subscribes and shares and I really try to build up that community of like-minded investors and uh, kind of keep the chat going over there on Facebook on the Let It Grow Investing page. Uh, so definitely appreciating that. And uh, if you want to help contribute to the podcast to keep the lights on around here, uh, you can do that over at anchor.fm slash let it grow for as little as 99 cents a month. And uh, that would mean the world to me also. But uh, with that being said, you know, I was talking earlier about... Uh, you know, some different stocks that we've been kind of following and we've got a little couple problems with them. And uh, I guess we'll go ahead and cover those now. So the first one up is uh, one that I've been trying to average into over this year. And I feel like the more I try to average in, the more it just keeps dropping. Uh, overall, long term, you know, you zoom out five years. I still feel very strongly about this play, but a lot of different things going on right now for them. That uh, have been tough, you know, kind of coming out of uh, COVID, getting away from some some COVID trends. And um, so this one is NVIDIA. Ticker is NVDA. So they announced their third uh, cut for um, the, the next year on EPS and earnings. They, they've, they've definitely had to cut this one back. They were looking at uh, about $6.9 billion expected. And now we're looking at about five point nine. Uh, they're, they're blaming some gaming demand being down. Uh, so the cards and everything that they contribute to that is down. They're also saying that the crypto demand for, for mining and, uh, you know, some of the cards there 
are down as well. Uh, they're pointing towards a crypto used card glut that could possibly be looming, looming also uh, going forward. You know, we've got all these people that were really into mining in the past couple of years. And now it's looking like these cards might be hitting the market for a number of different reasons. But uh, one of the most notable problems going forward is uh, Ethereum mining and the whole Ethereum going from a uh, from a proof of work to a proof of stake. We're looking at some of that demand for the mining being cut out. So the people that have been mining um, might not be needing these cards anymore. So potentially billions of dollars worth of mining chips could get flooded to the marketplace. So we're having a pricing, uh, product pricing, and the, the amount of units being sold could potentially continue to fall. Now, going forward, uh, I think a lot of their core business and a lot of the, the chips that they are selling are going to continue to do well. But uh, in that short term, we really do need to pay attention to some of these uh, different trends that are out there in the short term in order to really take advantage of that long-term story. So I'm definitely watching this one. Uh, just understand that uh, we could potentially have some more um, problems going on out there, but just understand what you are getting into if you are trying to build a position in this one. I know I am. I know it's been tough, uh, but long term, I still think it is a winner. In the short term, we're just getting uh, you know kind of punched in the face over this one. So just be mindful. It's uh, it's a tough position, but uh, you know all these tech and speculative names have been rough lately. Uh, the second one is a DAO component, but I do think it's more on that tech side. Uh, it's definitely more on the tech side, and uh, it's one of the newer ones in the DAO. And that one is Salesforce. Uh, the ticker is CRM. So they're going to be that digital transformation, customer management. They, they do all that stuff for big companies, and they've got a lot of, uh, a lot of you know, clarity into what their customers are doing. So they really have a vision as to what's going on in a lot of different areas and they can follow a lot of those different metrics and really know what's going on with their customer sometimes even more than what their customer knows about their own uh, you know data that's going on out there and uh, CRM they they said they've got uh, you know weak guidance they they came out and this is the fourth quarter that they said they have weak guidance uh, so they are definitely more conservative conservative in nature but uh, this one kind of came with some uh, bearish kind of talks around it as well. So really wanted to uh, point that out. I do think they were down about 7% after announcing this. And uh, their their deals are taking a little bit longer to close. That was problem number one. Uh, but they also had uh, some just some different problems out there that they were trying to address. What was the, uh, the other one? Uh, yeah, weak guidance and deals taking longer to close. That's what the headline said here. But uh, at the same time, they did have a double-digit EPS beat. They did have uh, did announce a $10 billion stock buyback program. Uh, so that one is actually potentially a good thing. They're going to be in there buying with us. Uh, so Friday, it was down about 5%, closed at 165. And let's check the one-year chart, see what it's been doing here. Uh, the low for the year was 154. That was back in May. And the high was uh, 311 back in uh, November on the 9th. So definitely getting close to that low. Uh, there are some some positive quarters coming up. I do think that uh, I mean, the analysts see a lot of upside on this one, about 
It is one that I would probably be buying a little bit heavier than Nvidia just because of some of that uh, commentary that they've had. They are, you know, seeing, uh, I believe it was a 15% EPS. They did have some double digit growth in some different categories. And I still think that they are in that heavy growth mode. And they listened into a talk with the CEO. He said, you know, they're looking to buy uh, a company. It was uh, one that's had 40 some quarters of growth, double digit here, double digit there. And he said, oh, and by the way, that company is Salesforce. So they're, they're really looking to buy their own company back. They are really bullish on their own uh, company. And I do think that uh, they're going to be buying when they see these prices come down to these areas also. So it's going to make sense for me to get in there and do some buying with them. And overall, you're going to be buying a, a Dow component that's a, a strong company with a bright future, especially in this digital transformation that everyone's going through, getting everything online more secure. Uh, I do think that they have a bright future ahead of them. So I will probably you know, do a little bit of nibbling on Salesforce, uh, maybe more so than NVIDIA. I kind of want to see a bottom in NVIDIA before I go ahead and do some buying really wait for NVIDIA to turn around, maybe see a couple green uh, days before uh, I ultimately get in there and start buying some more. So that's what I got on those two. Um, and then week 35 investing challenge. We've got, uh, we've got five names. We've always got five names. And uh, this week was Pfizer, PFE, TJ Maxx, TJX, uh, Burlington Stores, B-U-R-L, uh, Las Vegas Sands was LVS and Salesforce, which was CRM, as I just said. And uh, this week, let's check over here on the Let It Grow Investing page. I want to make sure it didn't change. And I believe that winner is going to be, drum roll, I guess. We'll do that. What do we got? Uh, just a quick refresh. Yep, it's going to be Pfizer this week. So I am going to be buying Pfizer for week 35, healthcare stock, I do think it's going to be a safer one for us. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for voting. I do think that all of them have their uh, their play here, but uh, Pfizer is going to be a safe one. And uh, going forward, uh, I do think safety is going to matter here in the next couple months. So thank you guys for voting. And now let's get into week 36. So as I said, I, I was really looking for some some safety this week. Uh, not knowing what this week is going to bring. I do think that we're going to open Monday on a lighter note. I will say I'm I'm kind of anticipating a green open because I do think that we sold off too much on Friday. But, uh, you know, long weekends and, and problems overseas here, there and everywhere. It does make it really hard to predict that. So we will ultimately see when the market opens. Um, but. Like I said, I wanted to get a, uh, a real estate investment trust, uh, a REIT. I wanted to get a healthcare stock, an energy stock, financial, and a uh, utility. So I did a lot of different research on this one for us today. Um, so this is kind of what I came up with. I ran through a stock screener on E-Trade. I do have links in the description to help get you started uh, on E-Trade, Crypto.com, Webull, and Binance. So those are all there. And, uh, you know, you get a little bit of a kickback for using my link. So I appreciate that. So the, the first one, let's go ahead and pull that one up, is going to be Equinix, which is the ticker EQIX. I'm going to make you guys do a little bit of homework on this one. So this one's not just all on me. 
This one is a REIT. So we are looking at the Real Estate Investment Trust. We know that they got to pay out uh, a majority of their earnings in the form of dividends. But they are an international digital infrastructure company. They are going to be, uh, you know, data centers, things like that around the world. Uh, I'm reading through their little company overview here, and they uh, have interconnection solutions, edge services, business and digital ecosystems, consulting and support. Uh, their interconnected data centers around the world allows customers to bring uh, together an interconnected infrastructure they need to track their digital advantage. So all their stuff, one spot around the world. That's pretty much what they got. Uh, so this one, I was looking for some different uh, screeners here. And this one came up with 15% of upside, 1.8% of dividends, and uh, some different growth for the positive growth for this year on a EPS and projected growth for the next fiscal year that was positive. Some of them did not have that. Uh, and I'll kind of run through some of that on, on a couple more of these. This one, I didn't have all those numbers written down, but I know it was positive for both. And uh, just one that I feel that could probably serve us well going forward, having a international data center, um, one that's going to have probably the most amount of upside with a small dividend. So that one could do something different for us. It's not one that I've ever really looked into before. So understand that uh, you need to look into some of these and I'll try to narrow down what I saw in them as well. So then number two. Uh, this one is Cigna Healthcare. So it's CI and it says Cigna is more of a, uh, an insurance provider. They've got pharma, they've got, uh, different medical plans, but one of the, the key drivers to Cigna was that they are going to, uh, benefit the most from Humira biosimilars. Uh, Humira is that AbV drug that, uh, is going to be expiring. I believe that patent expires in 2023, which is kind of a cause for concern for AbbVie. But uh, AbbVie's been doing well for me, so I, I do think they have a strong pipeline. But we'll take a look at that one at another point in time. Uh, but Cigna, EPS growth this year, 12%. Next fiscal year, 10%. Uh, they've got a dividend of 1.5%, but a dividend growth on five years of 151%. So they are committed to this dividend. They've got good growth. They've, you know, double digit this year and next year. A lot of them had growth this year and then negative next year or one, you know, negative this year, positive next year. I want sustainability in these stocks. That's what's going to give us some security uh, without the price running up massively. So this one kind of checked all those boxes where it was a, a even keel, slow double digit grower that ultimately I just feel can do us well going forward. And we're not buying into it too late. We didn't really miss this massive run of, you know, massive swings in the stock. And, uh, you know, the next fiscal year's looking lower. I didn't want to get anything like that. No hype plays. This is just about safety. So now, uh, so that's number two, Cigna. Number three, I ran a screen of uh, positive dividend growth. And uh, what else do we have? We had buy ratings from, uh, I think this one was Thomson Reuters and S&P 500 energy plays. The only one that popped up was Devon Energy. Uh, this one, 
EPS growth current fiscal year was 171%. The dividend growth for five years was 34%. uh, I think it was either revenue growth was 70%. They had some really good numbers. And uh, I know I talked about this one last time too. And I want to say that it is a hefty dividend. And it's going to get you in that energy play where I do think we've got at least two quarters that we're going to be doing very well. It's got a 6.3% dividend yield, PE of 9.3. So that's fairly low. Uh, The beta is a 0.9. It's been firing on all cylinders. And uh, ultimately, I just think that is going to be one that should give us a lot of safety with some growth and ultimately that 6% of dividend for some safety as well. Uh, So 13% of upside. Uh, I really don't think we can do wrong with this one. We're still going to have a massive need for oil, and the the demand is certainly still there. Uh, So all those things point me into a a thinking that Devon Energy could be a solid pick for us. Uh, Number four was going to be Huntington Bank Shares. Now, the ticker is HBAN. So one that uh, is more of a local bank. It's going to serve, where are we at? Which con- uh, countries, uh, states are we going to serve? We've got uh, about 1,092 full-service branches and private client group offices located in Ohio, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Michigan, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wisconsin. So more of a uh, center of the U.S. banking company that is going to really Focus on commercial banking, consumer and business banking, uh, vehicle finance, and uh, a regional bank. So one that uh, should serve us well in those lending categories as rates continue to rise. Uh, we should see uh, a little bit you know, less volatility in this one. They're not doing so much on the investment banking side of things. Uh, so one that I do think should give us a little bit more safety going forward. It's also got a solid dividend, 4.43%. Uh, it's got a lower PE at 12 times. The beta is a one, so that risk is down. Uh, analyst research is pointing to about 10.5% of upside. Uh, so all those things look really good. We've got uh, EPS growth, 56% for the year. Revenue growth, 17%. Dividend growth for the last five years of 16.5%. So a lot of these things are just pointing me in the right direction, thinking that uh, these are going to be safe. And ultimately, that's not a bad spot to be when you don't know what's going on out there. Uh, So that's number four, Huntington Bank Shares, HBAN. I know these are a little bit more off the wall. These might not be your most favorite stocks, but I do think that they are going to give us some safety. Uh, I really did put in some time looking at these. And I would definitely appreciate your thoughts and feedback. And, you know, if you got some stocks you want to see go up against each other, please feel free to reach out. And then number five, I'm looking at utilities. Uh, You know, utilities should be safe as well. And this one, I did not even look at the earnings on this on that uh, that screener. But uh, a lot of different things are pointing me to think that this one should be doing pretty well. We've got a really low beta. We've got uh, decent PE. We've got uh, good earnings. We've got a fairly solid dividend. I can certainly do some more looking into this one. But that name is 
uh, American Waterworks. So the ticker is AWK. So American Waterworks is a company that's going to uh, provide water and wastewater utilities. Uh, their segments include regulated business, uh, involves the ownership of utilities that provide water and wastewater services to residential, commercial, industrial, public, fire service, and sale for resale customers. Uh, they also operate market-based business, including homeowner services, military services, homeowner services, and various warranty protection programs and other home services to residential customers, military services. Uh, so basically anything on that waterfront, they're going to handle. That's that's pretty much what they do. Uh, so I do think that, uh, you know, especially coming back from Mexico and uh, not knowing how I got sick, I think American water could be a great play. Anyhow, I've, I, I've never gotten sick drinking American water. Uh, I can't say the same thing for Mexican anything anymore. But um, so, so I'm, I'm all aboard on the American water train. And, um, you know, they've got... Uh, got some good stuff going for them. They've got about uh, 10% of upside on that analyst front. They've got, uh, where are we on the, the EPS growth is about 12% for the current fiscal year. Oh no, 11% for the current fiscal year, 9% for next fiscal year. So uh, safe there. They've got about 7% of revenue growth for next fiscal year and about 10% of dividend growth over the past five years. It is a water utility company. They are not a growth stock. They are not uh, going to light the world on fire. But uh, what they are going to do is kind of churn out these uh, predictable gains, predictable earnings uh, for you know the foreseeable future. That's kind of how I see it. And uh, we're all going to need water for the rest of time. So you know we got <laughs> they've got a solid customer base. We'll leave it at that. But uh, so all those things being said, I do think that uh, a utility. Whether it's electric or water or you know what what have you, natural gas, anything else, can be a solid play going forward. It could certainly be something to survive sometimes. Uh, could be a good stock if you are nearing retirement age and you don't want all that risk. Uh, so American Water is going to be a less risky company. Uh, their beta is a 0.6, so less than one we know is less risky. PE is a 21.7. Uh, about 1.7% of dividend and that 10% of predicted upside. I do think that this one could serve us well. Certainly uh, be a spot to put a little bit of cash in order to uh, survive some market volatility and uh, ultimately, hopefully, keep us safe. Keep us, uh, you know, you know, drinking clean water for the, you know, the foreseeable future. So that's kind of why this one made it in. So. Let's round this out. I've got uh, five names, as I've always got here on Let It Grow Investing. We've got uh, for week 36, uh, number one, Real Estate Investment Trust was Equinix, E-Q-I-X. Healthcare, number two, was Cigna, ticker is C-I. Uh, Energy, number three, was uh, Devon Energy, ticker is D-V-N. Uh, number four, smaller regional bank in that financial space, Huntington Bank Shares. And that ticker is H-B-A-N. And then finally, number five, in that utility space, we have American Waterworks. Uh, so that ticker is A-W-K. We have some different choices this week. Uh, if you're more in that growth camp, there's certainly ways to play that. If you're more on that uh, conservative front, there's different ways to play that. But uh, I do think that all of them are decent plays 
eh, pretty much regardless of who you are and what kind of cycle you are and you're investing. Some of these could be a good spot to park some money and be safe. Uh, so right now, it might not be a bad idea to uh, think about diversifying that portfolio into a little bit more safety. If you've been in some NASDAQ heavy names, you know that you're going to get beat down. We saw it before. We saw it back uh, beginning of the year. We've seen it. Just all the speculative names get blown apart. All the SPAC names, all the meme stocks. We've seen it. It's going to happen again. So diversify your portfolio while you can. Uh, try to come up with something else that isn't going to just get obliterated the next time you know the market sneezes. So that's what I got for you guys. I got these five names. Uh, we are going to be buying Pfizer tomorrow, another safe one. Uh, so go ahead, get over there to Let It Grow Investing, vote for one of these five. Uh, and please, you know, share the page, get some others voting. I would greatly appreciate it. I want to see bigger turnouts and ultimately have some more numbers to pull from when we're looking at these votes. So get over there, get voted, and I will catch you guys in the next one. So thanks and uh, take care out there. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.